You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour three, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos along with Ken Barkley. Today on this Monday, we're getting ready to break down the Super Bowl between Kansas City and San Francisco. Drew Dinsick going to join us in about 20 minutes, 520 Eastern time. Break the Super Bowl down with the whale capper here coming up. But a reminder that we still got an hour left on Stadium with you until 6 o'clock Eastern, so make sure you go to WatchStadium.com. You can continue listening to us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, and continue watching on Twitch.tv slash BeckQL, YouTube, backslash Odyssey Sports, or listening on the Odyssey app. All right, Ken, let's get to the big game, Chiefs and 49ers. So... When you saw that San Francisco is was going to defeat Detroit, and you knew that this was going to be the matchup, your your first gut reaction to the Super Bowl being Chiefs and 49ers, like from a betting standpoint, what was your first thought when when you knew that it was going to be these two teams? That sucks. That was my first reaction. That sucks. You want to know why? Because uh, I love both of these teams. I love them. Mm. I wish I could bet them both. I did. <laughs> so like I just, I, you know, I had the Niners to win the NFC, Chiefs the Super Bowl MVP futures, which we'll get to. I we filled out a bracket at the start of the tournament. This is my matchup. So when it's not different, that sucks. Because if the Lions won, then I'd be here saying the Chiefs are more likely to beat the Lions on the market price, or at least what it was in the look ahead market. And if the Ravens won and played the Niners in a rematch, I'd like the Niners probably because everybody would bet the Ravens and I would get an advantageous price. Hopefully that makes, that's like two makes me sound too geniusy. Just, I would have liked the Niners at like plus one and a half or plus two, uh, because I think people would have bet Baltimore cause they're really, really good. And they, they would have beaten Patrick, Patrick Holmes. Like that would have been a really big win for them. And now we get this and it's both just, I, you know, my favorite thing is to do like a lot of historical analysis Either of these teams wins, it's completely normal. They're like the only two teams where that's the case. Buffalo would have been the other one where like if they win the Super Bowl, it looks like all the other winners. These they're the only they played each other. Like, what what do you want me to say? You know, to a certain extent, like we got the two that make the most sense and they're playing. Um, I think the price is a little interesting because it continues to reflect like a power rating market driven analysis that the Chiefs aren't as good as what we're seeing. 
and that uh, they continue to be undervalued is the wrong word because the Niners can just win and be way better. Uh, they continue to have like a, they are held in a lower regard than I think how fans would hold them or how people who watch the games or just like people who talk about football. Like I think collectively those people would think either this is a dead coin flip or maybe like, well, wait a minute, it's Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl like dog or pick against Brock Purdy, that guy. And you could do all your like Brock Purdy crazy analysis at that point. And I, I think the market's, you know, first of all, just interesting for that reason. Uh, Mahomes was, uh, got bet against to a certain extent when they played the Bills. The Bills opened a favorite, the Bills closed a favorite. Uh, he got bet against aggressively last week because the Ravens were getting guys back from injury. Ravens were hosting the game. Ravens had a great regular season, best team in the league. And now we get to the Super Bowl, and the team that was rated the best going into the Super Bowl was the, or going into the playoffs was the Niners. Like the look aheads on the Niners Ravens game were Niners favored. Tells you the Niners, like power rating wise, were number one. And that's still even reflected here a little bit. I know it opened a little more and got bet down right away, but still holding with like, no, the Niners are more likely to win the game. And I picked the Niners at the start of the playoffs in this matchup. And now that we're here, I'm just like, Am I still doing that? I've just watched these teams play these games. I think I think I might need to change my mind. And I think it's because I, you know, I think the Chiefs are playing like the fully formed complete team that I we all thought they would be at the beginning of the season, that this was going to be the best defense Mahomes ever had. And last year was the rebuilding year and this is the great year and the road that I mean they just like I saw somebody I follow or in a chat was like, I mean, they put Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson in a straight jacket. They can't do that to Purdy in this game. Just uh, Eric Eager, who we'll have on the show tomorrow. Uh, toughest path any team has ever beaten to win the Super Bowl. This would be number one if they won the game, which says something about the Niners, but also says something about the previous opponents. So just like I would have at the start of the playoffs, PJ, I would have said, oh, like, I think I like the Niners a little more in the game. The Chiefs have these flaws throughout the year, and I think they can get there, but I'm not sure. And now that we've watched the games, like, I, that seems a little silly to me just to, like, go back to that now that we've seen the Chiefs play a couple really, really compelling games where, yeah, they made a couple mistakes, especially in the first one against the Bills. Dolphins games, whatever, they were hurt. But, like, when did Baltimore beat Baltimore? Like, I, I think they're a little more likely to win the game than this price. That's my first thought. You know what's interesting is the 49ers have obviously been big favorites in both of their games, and they were fortunate to win both of those games. And now they're going up against Kansas City, who has been underdogs in their last two games. They've covered all three spreads that they've played in the playoffs, totally right? Different market, and right? Exactly. And it's like everybody who has been burned by San Francisco, because Ken, there's been a lot of people, right? There has been you? a lot. It's you, right? That's what you're talking about? You're talking about you? Well, not the second half. Yeah. You made up for it in the That's second me. half. Yeah, I did. I did. But there have been a lot of people, myself included, that have laid both of those big numbers with San Francisco. And you get to the Super Bowl and you're like, am I really going to take them one more time against Mahomes? Like, is this yeah. the guy? That I do I really want to bet them against this guy in a pick'em? So I think that's that's the hardest thing for people like in my spot that took them against the Packers, took them against the Lions. It's like, do I really want to get burned by this team a third time? Even though I, I just I like the Chiefs in this matchup, Ken. Like I, right. I think about what the Ravens. I think about what you're the Ravens it. were you, able. You're, you were worried about something, and then you're doing the thing that you were worried about. What's wrong with you? You're like, am I, I like? Know. I see what's happening here. 
everyone that's going to get burned by the night. And then you're like doing the thing that you said you weren't going to do. What's up with that? Well, What's going on? The contrarian, the contrarian in me wants to take the Niners because I know sure. that everybody's going to like the Chiefs in this game. But then I, I look at the matchup and I look at what the Ravens defense did to Brock Purdy. And do I trust Kyle Shanahan enough in this game to run the ball? Do I trust him enough to use McCaffrey, lean on McCaffrey, lean on Debo, bring in Elijah Mitchell at times? Do I trust him to do that? Or do I think he's going to try and unleash Brock Purdy a little bit? And do I think that the Chiefs defense is going to eat him up like the Ravens did? Like, yeah, I, I could, I could kind of see that. So I don't know. It's a tough I'm glad we got two weeks to still bet this game because I'm – I mean, do you think the Chiefs close as a favorite? Because I think that is another interesting part of this game. Ken, if this game was played six weeks ago on a neutral, the Niners could be favored by like six points in this game, right? Yeah. When the Chiefs were going through Probably their six. when they were going to, to your point, like a big number, like more than a few. It'd point. be a big number. Definitely. I mean, yeah. especially when the Niners were just steamrolling everybody before they played the Ravens and when the Chiefs were going on their losing streak. I mean, this game would have been, it would have been big. And now we're down here. Like if those teams really change this much, I get it's playoff football. It's neutral site and it's Mahomes. It's, it's a tough game. Like I really, I don't have any thoughts. I think if I would have to bet it right now, if I had to make a play, I probably would be on Kansas city, but man, I, I would be intrigued by San Francisco. Like if this thing gets down to like minus one ten, I think I would have to take the Niners on a straight pick them. Yeah, it's from a, a narrative standpoint, and I I probably people would be like, oh man, he's really not going to have a bet on the game. I actually think I think I'm going to have a lot on this. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like just straight like the side for a billion and that's it. Um, but I think there's like some really interesting stuff in this game. So the from a narrative standpoint, first, just like I have seen a lot of like slander about this matchup because like we've seen it before. To be fair, and these are two teams that have been really relevant. Like there's no surprise story, there's no underdog story, there's nothing like people I think inherently want to root for. It's like, well, here's the team that makes it all the time against the best player ever who's literally in the game every year. Like, oh, great. Um, I, I'm, i like, obsessed with this game just from, like, a narrative standpoint, though. Just, like, the idea that, like, again, like, super macro. Mahomes makes it the first, like, the Mahomes stumbles against Brady, comes back the next year, like, an, like an important game, loses an overtime at home to Brady in the AFC Championship, comes back the next year, makes the Super Bowl. I think San Francisco probably felt like going into that game they had the better team. And kind of like put Mahomes in a straight jacket for three and a half quarters and Shanahan like goes Shanahan's in the game like he's still new at that point in terms of like being a head coach like we hadn't seen we'd seen Falcons 28 three but he like, you know, he was a big part of that. But like, you know, like as a coach, like still pretty new. I think he I guarantee you probably felt like he had a better team. They handled Mahomes almost 100 percent of the game. And then he Houdini did again and he hits the play to Tyreek Hill and like off and running and the chiefs go on to win that super bowl and what always got brought up this is like mahomes when when he lost to brady in the super bowl it was the offensive line's fault they fix it they go back they beat the eagles shanahan i'm sure felt like i need a different quarterback if i'm gonna go play mahomes again at some point ever again jimmy g can't be the guy we're not gonna win and so the idea that it's come full circle like he has a chance to avenge this He's got his guy now, and Purdy's not perfect, but like 
Purdy was number one in everything in the regular season. He's got he like I'm back with this guy now. Like, can I get my can I get my revenge on Mahomes? Basically, now like retooled with this team, and I've got the quarterback now. At least I think I do. Um, and is he actually going to do it? I don't know. And I'm like just fascinated by that aspect of this. It's like just this historic easy to it's almost like a wrestling narrative you know like it's just so easy to understand it's just it's gripping i mean it's really really interesting stuff like lifetimes of stuff so because like if i mean if shannon loses this game i'm like afraid for how he's going to be remembered if he drops this game and it's unfair he's going to make the super bowl twice he's going to lose to mahomes both times and it's going to be like yeah the guy never wins be like well i don't know who beats this guy joe burrow and tom brady and only one of them's playing still so just like man like it's just the stakes here are outrageous so yeah just for like from a narrative standpoint it's it's crazy and uh but like are they gonna do it and like can they do it and this this will be my last thing pj just like first thought on the game 1.0 and i'm betting you feel the same way if there is a unit in this game offense or defense that looks like it doesn't belong take the two teams offenses and the two teams defenses is there a unit in this game it looks like it doesn't belong. The answer is yes, and it's the Niners defense, and it's not even close. Correct. Like, and Correct. that's what I'd be worried about. Everybody else looks like they belong. God, I mean, like, like Harrison Butker is one of the best kickers, you know? Like the Niners special teams is actually pretty good. <laughs> like everything, like their kickers, but like everything like yeah. it fits. The two coaches fit. Is there something that Spags is like a almost a Hall of Fame coordinator now? Is there something that doesn't look like it belongs in a game like this? And it's Steve Wilkes coordinating this Niners defense. And that's what it that's what doesn't look like it belongs. And if that's the weak link in the game, I picked the Niners at the start of the playoffs because I didn't think this would happen, actually. And I've watched it, and now I'm gonna be really reluctant to kind of think that you're gonna if they can block this front four, like the Packers did, like the Lions did, especially in the first half, and really most of the game, honestly. And the Chiefs offensive line, like Joe Tooney's maybe play in this game, which would be a huge deal, obviously. They can block that front. Mahomes can't throw on this team. Are you nuts? Like, of course he's going to be able to throw on this team. So, I, I like, they're not going to be able to run that. Look what the Lions did yesterday. Pacheco can't have a huge game in this. You could run on the Niners. Look at this game. Like, it just, I, that's the part of this where I just go, the Niners offense, I think, is really compelling. I think they can win. I don't think almost anybody can beat Mahomes. I think they can win. I, would, I don't think I can ever bet it now, having watched the defense for two weeks. I mean, it's really going to hold me up, I think, the whole two weeks from placing the bet on the Niners. Yeah, it's all really good stuff. I'm trying to think of other angles to attack this game. I kind of like the first quarter over at 7.5 in the game. Like, I'm thinking about what the Packers and Lions did to San Francisco, their game scripts, right? At the start of those games, how the Packers move the ball right down the field, first two drives. Lions move the ball down the field. First couple drives. And then obviously what Kansas City has been doing in the playoffs to start these games. Like that defense that you're talking about with San Francisco, you're giving Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes two weeks to plan their first 15 plays of the game, like their game script to go up and down the field for seven and a half. And, you know, obviously that Chiefs defense tightens up in the second half, but they, they are gettable in the first half, first quarter. Like you can get them at the start. So, that first quarter over at seven and a half is really intriguing to me. It was funny. I was kind of looking at the second half uh, total at BetMGM. It's not up oh, yet. Um, everyone's going to bet under. As we know. Everyone's oh going to bet under. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's going to bet under. And everyone's, and I, everyone I like the right. first quarter. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's like Eagles first half. Like, yeah, you know when it loses? Yeah. Never. Not even in the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
It's true. That's true. So that first quarter over, I was looking at first half over. It's juice minus 130 at 22 and a half. But those were some angles that I was looking at for side and total because this game, I don't know. It's it's probably going to be price dependent for me. You know, the Niners are minus 120 right now. If they get down to minus 110, maybe that would interest me. But kind of leaning towards you, Ken. I mean, three solid units on the field in this game. But that Niners defense, man, especially what we've seen the postseason, oof. Not very good. Drew Dinsick's going to join us next. The Whale Capper here on You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos today. He'll be back tomorrow alongside with Ken Barkley. Rudinsic going to join us here in moments, the whale capper, but a reminder that we are on stadium right now. So make sure you join us until six o'clock Eastern time and go to watchstadium.com. You can keep listening to us on Sirius channel 160, Sirius XM 205, and also continue watching on twitch.tv slash BeckQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey sports. But it's time to bring in friend of the show and a guest, Drew Dinsick. Follow Drew on Twitter. X at whale underscore capper betting analyst for NBC Sports Edge and host of the Deep Dive podcast and Bet the Edge podcast. Drew, good to see you. How's everything going? Oh, it's been uh, been quite a day. Uh, you yeah. know, trying to digest what we saw yesterday in the championship games, trying to make sense of this uh, Super Bowl market while at the same time, uh, you know, betting uh, betting NBA is uh, it's a dream. Dream because will be this is, these are the these is the time of year we live for. Yeah. I mean, you mean like July eighth when it's just baseball? That's not the that's not the time that we live here. I mean, this we got Euro twenty twenty four this year, right? Yeah, maybe y'all Wimbledon. Nah, that'll be fun. Yeah, Wimbledon, be, uh, Wimbledon. Yeah, I'm gonna be busy. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be uh, be doing putting the final touches on uh, the Olympic uh, medal totals model. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, well, we got we got our <laughs> we got our work cut out for us this summer, Lockie. You don't go making vacation yeah. plans just yet. No. Yeah, who would who would bet Super Bowl when I could get in my Bulgarian weightlifting reps? Who, uh, who would who would ever want to do that? I don't know. I uh, I'm supposed Sorry. to ask you about the Super Bowl first. Like that makes the most sense. Uh, PJ can ask you about that. You and I were talking off air about NBA Most Valuable Player. Like that's the topical thing. The Super Bowl is in sure. two weeks. We're gonna we'll, we'll talk to you next week about the Super Bowl. Or we'll talk to you later in this interview too. But like Joel Embiid is going to be out tonight. He has five games to play with until he becomes ineligible to win MVP. The market has started mm-hmm. moving very aggressively away from him. So he was two to mm-hmm. one before the news came out, just that he was going to miss tonight's game. He is now more than four to one in some places. And most of that equity has gone to, or win probability has gone to Nikola Jokic. And a little bit of it has gone to some other guys. So this is all, we, we're doing this in real time. We don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. He might become ineligible to win the award very soon, in which case he goes to zero and somebody else wins. And he was the favorite. Like, how have you bet this today? How are you thinking about this market? Always interested to kind of get your thoughts on this stuff. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm already holding a bunch of Jokic, and I guess um, so. My initial reaction was I better go go bet some Giannis. Um, got in at ten to one for Giannis, and I'm kind of surprised at the market reaction going so aggressively against Embiid. Makes me think that there is more 
to this. It's just kind of corroborating, I guess, my suspicion, <laughs> right? Like this is super cloak and dagger. Like uh, somebody may know what exactly his diagnosis is and may have a general sense that he might miss a couple weeks, uh, at which point he is fully ineligible for the award. And uh, we are talking about, you know, we're, we're starting to break down the other candidates and this gets completely re, you know, reallocated. Um, the, I don't get a sense that yesterday's scratch against or excuse me, not yesterday's, but the weekend scratch against uh, the Denver Nuggets was a um, uh, a ducking. Uh, it, you know, if there's a lot more artful ways to duck an opponent, like you know, you put them on the injury report, uh, and you kind of you know lay the groundwork. You put a you, you put a runway uh, <laughs> that uh, gets you out of being investigated, right? Um, and so the fact that it was a little bit of a uh, a surprise uh, to me says, "Ooh, there might be something wrong here." Um, and you know, if he was to play today, uh, I think uh, you know a lot of your concerns go away. But missing today matters, uh, and uh, they got a back-to-back tomorrow against the Warriors. That's going to decide this one way or the other. Like you could see one of the faster free falls in price because it's a you know it's a fragile thing now with the with these rules. Um, player gets hurt, misses a couple weeks. No longer, you know, eligible for sixty-five games, and uh, they're out of the market for you know for all awards. And uh, I know rookie of the year is probably just an ex- exception, right? The rest of them all count. But uh, whatever the case is, um, yeah, this is uh, sounds serious. And honestly, having won the MVP last year and that being the focus of a lot of the like the Sixers regular season, like, yeah, get them right. Like you have an opportunity to do something in the playoffs that seems like kind of the more important thing right now by a long shot for the franchise. Uh, it's a really good team this year. It feels like a more balanced and complete team this year. Nick Nurse uh, is an upgrade, at least in in, uh, in what we've seen so far, as far as kind of understanding how to use these pieces. Um, everybody else in the East feels like they're a little flawed in certain ways. Uh, Bucks don't have a point of attack defender on the roster. Uh, the Celtics can't seem to put together uh, consistent winning basketball against elite teams. Uh, the Knicks are an injury, we, uh, like a walking injury, apparently, and in general, wouldn't be a team that you really have a ton of uh, concerns getting best, past in a best of seven series anyway. The Heat look like they've taken a massive step backward, uh, and everybody else in the mix is is either inexperienced or just doesn't have anywhere close to the same ceiling. So it's not crazy that the Sixers could win the East at all. Uh, and if that uh, means you need to get Embiid, uh, you know, a month of rest in the middle of the season, then by all means do it. Like I, it, it makes too much sense. And uh, and I, I have a sense that this is going to be, uh, you know, a, you know a, an interesting call for them, whether they uh, they elect to go in this direction. And Embiid's obviously part of the discussion. He has to kind of just acknowledge, OK, I'm out of the MVP race. That's fine. Um, but uh, in a world where he qualifies, I think he's pretty clearly like a runaway. You know, he's going to walk it in, uh, let's say maybe 85% realistically, uh, if he were to qualify, um, and this were to be a nothing burger of an injury. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I look at the rest of the field and the fact that all of the equity went right out of the Embiid pot and into the Jokic pot as a, you know, as a, an existing holder of Jokic, I was like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> like, this is great. Um, but I don't think that's right. I think, uh, you know, Jokic's best basketball was like games one through 30, uh, really. Uh, and in, in particular, that stretch where uh, Jamal Murray was not available and he was really like his usage was up. His efficiency was unreal. Um, and now that there's, you know, that there's more help for him on the team, like he's just not putting up as impressive an overall portfolio, which is why he was drifting before any of this happened. 
Um, and I think that, do, that definitely opens up the door for SGA. I think his price is reasonable and fair, and he should probably have gotten a little bit more attention in sort of the reallocation. And uh, I absolutely think Giannis should have gotten more attention. Um, I got Ian at 10 to 1 uh, for full stakes offshore. I felt like that was pretty lucky um, because the market's not even there anymore. <laughs> so I don't know why those are going up and down, uh, but it was there for... Right was there for an hour? Was there for like an hour? It was like there for like an hour, uh, and now it's gone. Um, and uh, you know, I think uh, so. Not, you know, I think I, I'm probably in a position now where best case for me is that Giannis manages to win this because, um, you know, the the Bucks are, are going to be a good regular season team from here to the end of the season. Uh, if Doc Rivers helps turn them around defensively, then all of a sudden Giannis somehow maybe even gets credit for uh, pulling the trigger on on the Griff firing. So. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely scope here where you look at the results we have from this season. Um, Giannis is building, he's getting better. He's having an incredible year, uh, and he's running in, you know, he's running Jokic down, um, in terms of, uh, you know, some of the all in one stats that are out there. Uh, and yeah, it's fun, fun, fun conversation. And, uh, if you're, you know, if you're one of the, if you're the last man on, uh, Embiid Island, uh, I'll pray for you, but uh, I think you're yeah. going to be in trouble in about two weeks. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't me, brother. It ain't me. I'm not the last. I'm, a, I got, I'm in the lifeboat, and I've, I've been rowing for hours. I've been way out of yeah. there. So. Last one, yeah, last one on the island, turn out the lights. Yeah, yeah exactly. A lot of good stuff. So, see what it is. Sorry, a lot of good God. stuff there on uh, NBA MVP, by the way. So, Drew, before we get to the Super Bowl with you, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what we saw yesterday in Championship Sunday. And I, I just want to know, for, like, betters out there, do you think it was more painful for them if they had a Lions money line ticket and obviously being up 17 at halftime, or if you had the Ravens and you got a good number at, like, three, three and a half, and just watching them and the way that they lost that game and not running the football and, and with all the turnovers, what do you think was was the tougher watch? Oh, <laughs> def about the definitely game. the Lions. <laughs> the Lions. The Lions. Uh, the Lions money line by margin. Um, I think I don't know. I, I, I was on Chiefs. So I can't really speculate what it felt like to yeah, uh, to have a Ravens number. Um, but I definitely think that even if you had a good Ravens number and the market was like full on consensus, you believed in it, like you're still going up against Mahomes. <laughs> you're still going to feel stupid if you're losing in that at some point in that game. Like you had to know that going into a betting on the Ravens, I would say, uh, you know, you're betting on a team that doesn't have the pet pedigree uh, against the team that is maybe the most experienced going in terms of playoff, uh, you know, you know, just, just a uh, playoff coolness. Um, so yeah, I think the Ravens probably had more, more eyes wide open that it could go that way. Uh, I think the lions at halftime, I mean, I was I, like, I, I laid it with the Niners last week. I was, uh, uh, I was happy with my CLV in the Niners side of things. Cause I got minus seven at like plus one one. I had some minus six and a half from the openers. Like I was like, yeah, buddy, this closed in seven and a half. Like this is a done deal. I had convinced myself of the reasons why it was such a good bet. And it was, you know, no, no one really ever refuted it across everyone who, I, you know, opinion I respect. And, um, and then the first half was so poor by the Niners in every facet of the game, particularly their defense that I, at halftime, I was basically like, I give up, like these guys are terrible. Like they can't play defense. The tackling is abysmal. Like it, uh, the Lions are just, they, they showed up ready to play today. Uh, let's start thinking about the Lions Chiefs Super Bowl. And then for it to go pear-shaped uh, was a surprise. And then the way it went pear-shaped with the uh, catch off the visor 
the fumble that gave them advantage field position. Uh, you know, Shanahan not even calling a very good game and Purdy kind of elevating the, <laughs> the Niners throughout the second half there with the scrambling and some, you know, some clutch throws. Like the you can't you all of a sudden you can't tackle CMC on the boundary. Like it was a lot of real, real, real narrow margin plays that got the Niners back into the game. Uh, and then, you know, there was opportunity and scope for the Lions to, you know, to come back themselves with uh, a couple of, you know, beautiful drives and then some dropped balls that ultimately were the difference. So um, tougher to be a Lions line holder, tougher to be a Lions fan, uh, considering how close they were. That's uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be one you don't ever forget about, I don't think. Uh, meanwhile, the Ravens. Uh, um, yeah, you know, he ran into Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. This yeah. happens to a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah, poor shout out Joey Kanish. That's a tough one for. Okay, I mean the Michigan one, uh, whatever. You got one out of two. It's pretty. Cool. <laughs> and uh, then we'll see. We'll see. So well, we got like. Yeah, if, uh, if you're, like, I guess yeah. Here's the question: If you're a Lions fan, it's like, do you really right. want to win? Like, yeah, is, is like, is, is that really what you're in it for? I mean, you're like, you know, your like, thing is being a loser. Actually, to be fair, it's like your identity. <laughs> but that's a Michigan one. That's yeah, they're good. Ben Johnson will coach the Commanders. Yeah, um, that's yeah, like we like two minutes left. Whale, maybe like a little bit more than two minutes. Just like this doesn't have to be empty the bucket. We'll talk to you next sure. week. It's very early. <laughs> like PJ and I, I don't think have like a fully formed. I'm all in on this opinion of this game yet. The Super Bowl, obviously, Niners favored by one forty-seven and a half mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. In like a minute or two here, do you have like a first thought, and then maybe we can follow up with you again next week? Yeah, um, my gut is saying Chiefs plus money. Uh, second time in our lives, we're going to get to bet on Pat Mahomes as a dog in the Super Bowl. I can't really believe it. Um, that said, uh, you know, I might be uh, a little bit reactionary still being very upset and disappointed with the Niners defense and their effort in the first half of that game. But they had some some solid plays, some tackling. They fixed some stuff in the second half. And, uh, and you know, you do have um, a more talented roster overall. Um, and, you know, the Chiefs losing to Menahu hurts for sure. Uh, he was a pretty important pass rushing piece for them. Uh, the Chiefs being a little bit more banged up. Uh, I know they get an extra week to, you know, kind of get everybody right. But, uh, you know, they had a much tougher ask in the last month and a half than the Niners. So the Niners kind of have a decent fatigue advantage right now. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to take me a while to fully land the plane on either of these sides or the total for that matter. I think 47 and a half is about right. Um, but, uh I would lean uh, Chiefs just so that I can enjoy a Super Bowl, uh, having bet on Mahomes and and not feel like an idiot when uh, uh, he goes out there and wins for the third time in a, a very predictable arc where you have when you, when you're the best quarterback in the sport. Yeah, I think a lot. <laughs> very matter of fact, it's like, it's like, yeah, you know what? You know that He's just the best guy. So what are we doing? Here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you talked yourself into some long shot. You know, there's, there's definitely like this is, this is not. I, I felt, I guess, I, I guess, out of the gate last year, I felt much more um, compelled to be beating the drum for the Chiefs than I do this year. And I think it's just I have a, a better rating on the Niners this year than I did on the Eagles last year. Uh, wow. I think in general, uh, you know, the the um, you know the the there was whiffs of injury kind of swirling around Hertz last year. There was, a, you know, a clear sign of Hertz inability to perform in the playoffs from the previous run. And so it was like, is he going to be able to handle the nerves of the moment? And, um, you know, and, I, and so I, you know, I, I was a little, uh, 
you know, it was a little bit shocking to see that that game was as competitive as it was last year. And that realistically the Eagles played, you know, 95th percentile game could have should have won. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this chiefs team is, is obviously very good, better defense, even, uh, as this young group has continued to improve. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's less of a fear of this chiefs offense being able to hang 30 points right now, surely, uh, than, uh, even the Lions, who uh, you know gave the Niners right. a, t- a tough test last week, so yeah, Chiefs, lean Chiefs. We'll see. I'm All the here. makings of a good one. Drew Dinsick, follow him on Twitter X at Whale underscore Capper, betting analyst for NBC Sports and host of the Deep Dive Podcast. Whale, always good talking to you. Appreciate the time. Hey, best of luck, man. More you better you bet. Presented by BetMGM on the other yeah. side of the break. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. DJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos on a Monday. Nick will be back tomorrow alongside Ken Barkley. We just talked to our friend Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. Great conversation with him, talking a little NBA MVP. First thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. Our last uh, segment here on stadiums, make sure you guys uh, watch along, watch stadium.com. You can also continue listening, Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, and watch us on twitch.tv slash BeckQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and over on the Odyssey app. So, Ken, we've talked a little NBA MVP today. Now it's time to talk a little Super Bowl MVP. I know you are heavily invested in this market you've gotten some great numbers on uh some of the skill position players have you been i am not i am not invested the old oh that is not true i did take mccaffrey at seven to one he's my one ticket um i had a feeling that market you know i felt pretty good about san francisco making it to the super bowl i thought certainly that market would drop if he ended up uh making it so i do have him at plus 700 don't have anybody on kansas city I took a shot with some of the uh, defenders on Baltimore. Like I got Kyle Hamilton I at like seven hundred. I thought that yes. was I thought that was pretty good. The Kyle Hamilton number you got, I was like, geesh. That was like a seven hundred and fifty to one. God, that guy, he yeah. is he is a superstar. I absolutely yeah, he's love him. Time all pro uh, incoming. Yeah, man, that's pretty crazy. No, no question. But yeah, I got nothing on Kansas City. So before you talk about some of the players you have, I think the big question in this market that I think is going to be, you know, a, a topic that a lot of people discuss is if you like the Chiefs at plus 100, do you just take Mahomes at plus 120? And your answer to that would be what? Uh, no, in this case, but I, I do okay. understand that philosophy totally. Because like, let's be honest, right? And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of this today. The idea that depending on who wins the Super Bowl, the quarterback wins a lot of the time. That's been supported yep. historically. There are plenty of examples mm-hmm. of a team winning and the quarterback winning. So, like, I, I get it. I'm not saying that's false or, like, that's not what history says or whatever. I, to- I totally understand. I would actually change it, though, because I think the framing is usually, well, whoever wins the quarterback just wins a lot. And that's, like, a gross generalization, honestly, I think. And I think the right way, I think, to at least frame it to start talking about it, if you, if you even want to bet this market, I think a good way to think about it is – like, what is the identity of the team? And if that holds and they win, who can win when that happens? So, like, because we were talking about this earlier, 
yeah, the quarterback wins a lot because the identity of the team is exclusively the quarterback or they're clearly the best player on the team. And especially if they're clearly the best player on the team and they haven't won the Super Bowl before. And it's a new thing. People who bet people who vote for awards, they like new, new and shiny. And if you are a new thing and you win the award and you your team wins and you're the quarterback, man, you're going to win a lot of the time. You just are. And the exceptions to that are when you have these really dynamic players that like they're the identity of the team or you have a defense and that's the identity of the team much more than the offenses. Not they're both really good. The defense is much better. Even if the offense is awesome, like the Legion of Boom was great. The Seattle offense was phenomenal that year too, but the defense was like, I mean, they have a nickname. Like, I mean, come on, like say, when defense has a nickname, it's usually a pretty good sign that they're going to be like a really right. legendary, memorable unit. So you, okay. Like, again, like you just go back through like a lot of the winner. I won't do all of them. But it's like, all right, you know, like when the Broncos won and Von Miller won, they were defined by their defense. When Malcolm Smith won for the Seahawks, that was the Legion of Boom. Like, you know, when Dexter Jackson won for the Bucks, when Ray Lewis won for the Ravens, like you just go back historically and it's like, all right, yeah, when it was a defense, like they produced a winner. I, I could be wrong. My sense is neither of these teams, even though I do think they, they have compelling defenses in the Chiefs especially, are really compelling. I don't like, I don't think these teams are like those teams where it's like, no, no, the defense was like everything. Like, that's what we're talking about. I don't, the Chiefs defense mm -hmm. is great. To me, they're more balanced. And I think the Niners are more even lopsided toward the offense. So, like, I don't think we're going to have one of those winners. I guess that's where I would start. Now, you have these other buckets, and it's uh, when there's like an outstanding skill position player that ends up winning the award, right? And to me, these fall into like two really diverse categories. And I think this is where this game starts to come back into play. So you talk about when Cooper Cup won, and he's like the perfect example of this. I think it's like, well, that would be like Stafford. That was the idea. That's not really true. Cooper Cup was the offensive player of the year in the NFL. Like there's only one and it was him. And he was electric in both the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl and in the game itself. And the connection between Stafford and him was the identity of the team. In addition to like, yeah, they had Aaron Donald, they had Jalen Ramsey, like they had a lot of really good players, but like Stafford to cup was like, we'll think back about that team. That's what we'll remember. And not just because of the Super Bowl either, um, the throw against Tampa. Like, so it's, yeah, like it was Stafford, but it was both of them. So like, to me, it was kind of like if either of them won, it would actually make a lot of sense with the identity. Now cup ended up winning, but like, that was not weird. That does not dispute this theory. Like that's like very normal with like what the identity of the, I mean, he was offensive player of the year in the league. The idea that like he couldn't also win this, like he's the identity and so is Stafford. And, but then you get this other kind of skill position player that wins. And PJ, this is what I thought was really interesting about the chiefs this year. When you get mm -hmm. a team that wins a lot, you start to spread it around a little bit more in terms of who wins. And we saw this with both groups of Tom Brady Super Bowls because the guys won so many freaking Super Bowls. He has two different groups of them. Um, and he won them in threes, essentially. And I feel like kind of Mahomes is like about to put the period on his first set of three, probably. And then maybe go a couple years because, you know, you don't win every single year you're alive. And then maybe he'll win again. Like it's, you know, like, what if Travis Kelsey wins this game and retires and then, like, everyone from the old core is gone and they're, like, in, you know, it's a new group now and the defense is good. But, like, it's I think it's okay to think that way. Uh, when Brady won, and I did this on the show already, so I'll do it faster. When Brady won, like, when he was new, he won. 
And then when he wasn't new and he'd won a lot, he didn't win anymore. This is being Super Bowl MVP. So in the first set of three, he wins the first two and doesn't win the third. Branch wins. And then when he wins the second set of three, he wins the first two and then doesn't win. Edelman wins. And then when he wins and it's new with the Bucks, he wins again. So it's like, and I know that's like really simplistic and it's literally a, like a, 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 a sample size of one. But I do actually think it speaks to, not that like Mahomes has to lose this, just that in all awards, people like new stuff. And like Mahomes, like Mahomes not winning this does not like tarnish his reputation. He's got two of them. Like Brady only has five. That's <laughs> like, and he, and he didn't get all of them when he won. It's okay if he doesn't win this. And that was like the entry point a couple of weeks ago for like a handicap of the, and I think the most important thing here is the market has it like Mahomes is just going to win. You brought up like, if you don't bet the chiefs bet him, cause they're so closely linked in, in price, the market's right. still like, no, if they win, he's going to win. Like, that's what it is. I even see people like snarkily tweeting that like, oh, I can't believe anybody would think that. And my theory is everybody's wrong. And I think people are going to want to do something new because they always do when we get to things like this. And it's not just, it's like not just the two Brady things in all awards, always looking for something new. What's the next guy? What's another thing we could do in this situation? Media loves to overthink this stuff. So I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I would never say something like that, but I do think it is more likely than this to happen. It was more likely two weeks ago and it was more likely last week that I think, and that the identity of the team yeah, Mahomes is awesome. Also, they run it really well, and Kelsey's amazing and is the most prolific pass catcher in the history of the postseason now. So, like, he's a big deal, too. Forget to put the Taylor Swift stuff to the side for a second. And the defense is really good. It's, it's about, like, the identity of the team is not Mahomes this year. It's balance. That's the identity of the team. So if they win, they win with balance. And we can talk about if the Niners win what that means, too. But that was kind of, like, my that was my thought two weeks ago. It's going to be my thought going into this game. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's a really good point. And the comps you bring up to Brady and those Patriot teams. Um, and also, I mean, you were talking about just now the balance of the Chiefs. We were talking about it earlier. Like, what even is the DNA of this team? Like, are they a defensive right. team? Is it Mahomes? Right? What do, you so, what, what do you think their identity is? I think they're a defensive team this year. I really I do. do. Just be, Isn't that crazy? Because of all the second half unders, because of all the top teams that they have played this year they've been lower scoring games and in the past the Chiefs have leaned on their offense I think this year they lean on their defense which brings me to again a point you were talking about with the past Super Bowl MVPs and Ken everybody's talking about the secondary so I mean would you like take a shot at McDuffie 250 to one do you take a shot at Snead at 150 like those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at like I'm probably going to take some Kelsey at 12 to one just because I like the price and it's Kelsey in the postseason. And even though the Niners obviously have linebackers that certainly can run with them and catch up with them, like it's Kelsey in the playoffs, but the corners, the secondary for Kansas city in a game where again, when we've seen Brock Purdy go up and against elite defense in Baltimore through four interceptions, I'm not saying he's going to do that against Kansas city, but I certainly could see him having some turnovers. And that's just what Spag's defenses do in big games. They just force turnovers. Like Legarius Sneed at 150 to 1, I could certainly see myself making a little sprinkle on that bet. Sure. And I'll, 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 I'll support your point a little bit just in that the total in the, so that last year, 
there was a lot of thought about like, well, do I bet Kelsey? Do I bet somebody on the Eagles? Do I bet whatever? And part of like our discussion on the show, I remember last year was like, you could bet Kelsey. Like I, I get it. I kind of liked him last year, but the idea is like the total of the game is massive. There's like a billion points expected in the game. Like it was expected to be a high scoring game. And the identity of the, especially the chiefs last year was like, well, our defense stinks and we're number one in offense. So we're going to score a lot of points. So like, this game, if this game looks like the last three Chiefs games, it's very likely I think Mahomes doesn't win. Look at his stat lines. Look at the mm-hmm. scores of the games. If you're right, and by the way, the Niners are like the best team at forcing turnovers in these kind of games. You you stick each quarterback with like a turnover or two, even Mahomes, who's been amazing at not turning the ball over in the playoffs. Like you just 200 yards, two and one. 200 yards, two and zero. Like these are the stat lines we've been dealing with. And I think we're going to get another one in this game. That's what lets you give it to Kelsey for 101 or give it to Pacheco for 101 or give it to Rasheed Rice. Edelman and Branch both won for the Patriots without catching a touchdown. They didn't catch a touchdown, but there were not very many, like the, the Eagles game was a little higher score and the Rams game wasn't. Like maybe we get a game like that. And all it takes for Kelsey is nine for 100 and zero. And he's Dion Branch, and he's Julian Edelman. I think that's much more likely, honestly, than people think. I have a little more on this. We can do after the break, too. Yeah, really good conversation on Super Bowl MVP. We'll keep it going. We'll also talk some college basketball during the Power Hour. You better, you bet. Presented by Pet, uh, BetMGM, PJ, and Ken. We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.